My number one was Rory McElroy. Rory, stop. Please, you're joking. No, he was my Pronounce number one. Pronounce his name right. Rory McElroy. Stop. How do you say it? How do you say his last name? McElroy. Try again. <laughs> McElroy. McElroy. Oh, McElroy. Yo. Hey. What's up, man? Check out the new Confidently Unqualified podcast. Welcome back to episode eight of Confidently Unqualified, baby. Hell yeah, how we, episode eight. How are we feeling today? I'm feeling fantastic. It's been a good day. It's beautiful weather out here in St. George, Utah, where I'm currently at. Ooh, nice. What are the, what's the uh, what's the temperatures looking like? Uh, dude, it's like mid fifties. There's no weather, no wind. Uh, it's sunny all day. It's beautiful. My favorite thing about that is that you're like, oh, dude, the weather couldn't be better. It's mid fifties. I don't think anyone else in the world's gonna be saying that. <laughs> It's like, this is my perfect range. I love mid-50s. Yeah. No, it's funny. Um, it's <laughs> supposed to warm up for us this weekend, which is perfect because we got my favorite weekend of the year, which is Master's Weekend. Yeah, masturbating weekend, baby. Let's go. That's right. Best week of the year. Uh, weather's going to be good here. I don't know if the weather's going to be good in Augusta, but um, yeah, a lot to look forward to with that. Is it Augusta, Maine? Is that where it's at? Uh, no. It's Augusta, Georgia. Ah, yes. We're off to I a hot that. start for our Masters episode. <laughs> Dude, I know exactly where it's at, I promise. It's, yeah, you were just ooh, testing the audience. It's supposed to rain in Augusta Thursday through Sunday. All day. Uh, yeah. That's what I was saying. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. But a lot to look forward to, and a lot for my boss to look forward to in terms of me not getting anything done at work because I'm just going to be following the tournament the whole time. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's listening, so I think you're. I think you're in the clear. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to pretend like I'm working, but really, I'm just going to download the <laughs> Masters app and follow every shot, every featured group I can. Wow. <laughs> so so the exciting thing about this year is that this is the first year where there's the um divisive live versus uh pga tour yeah so that's gonna, gonna be crazy that's gonna be spicy dude i swear <laughs> to god he it's live golf for all the people who <laughs> listen to cade first of all i don't know why you're listening to cade say anything you gotta check him on everything whatever but anyway, yeah, um, there's a lot of uh, juicy headlines and spicy matchups that are uh, going to take place, which makes for an awesome event. Um, we might have Spike on if he's uh, up for it uh, mid-Masters round. That'd be fun. Yeah, do you like my idea of doing our first recorded podcast? Uh, what do you mean by that? Like, video. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, we got to get him on that. Especially if we're doing a live reaction to the Masters, I feel like video recording is going to be best for that. Yeah, I don't mean literally like watching it live. I just mean like it'll be after the third round or during the third round and we're just kind of recapping what's happened on the first two rounds 
and kind of what to expect for the final round. But so either way, for all the, we're for all the viewers on that now, I definitely know the answer. Uh, how many rounds are there? I'll let you answer that with your best educated guess. Uh, there's four rounds, right? Yes. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you're off to a hot start. You're one for you're one for two. One. Wait, what was the first one? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, is it me <laughs> saying it was in Maine instead of Georgia? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, also yeah, yeah. the capital of Maine is Augusta, so like, whatever. No, hey, you're, yeah. Anyway, uh, my whole life I before thought we get into Masters in Maine. Yeah, before we get into any more uh, golf talk, though. Did you see the Arizona Cardinals are getting new uniforms? Dude, I did. And um, I heard, or I saw a few posts from some NFL people that they're like the best jerseys ever. What does that even mean? No one's seen them. No, nah, no, it was an April Fool's joke. I saw someone post, it was like a cartoon drawing of <laughs> what the new Cardinals uh, jerseys are going to look like. And someone huh. retweeted it and said, Dude, these are the best jerseys. These are fire, bro. Far. <laughs> yeah. I think the Cardinals are long overdue. I think uh, similar to the Falcons a couple years ago where their season didn't have high hopes, at least the fans had something to look forward to with some new uniforms. Um, I think this can be the same thing with the Cardinals. I kind of think they're going to go with a simplistic look. I don't think they're going to – I think they already have kind of, uh, you know, the shoulder color being a different color than their jersey. I think they're going to – do a more of a basic font, almost like the Jags uniforms where there's not much to it. That's my guess. I love the Jaguars uniforms for that reason. Yeah. The simplistic look is kind of the first thing I thought of was what we were talking about the other uh, last episode with our, uh, with the logos. How you said they're going to more simplistic. I think jerseys are kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, for this generation, that's kind of like what everyone wants. They like the simplistic vibe of it. Uh, for a while there, they were all about the extravagant and being the most flashy and looking the coolest. But now people are starting to like the more simplistic stuff. So I definitely understand that the NFL is trying to mimic mimic that and ride the wave. Yeah. And I wonder what it is. As I guess it must be as the consumer that you just don't have time for uh, to appreciate a good graphic design or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think it's uh, more of like there was too much going on with the old stuff. I feel like for a while their companies were trying to do too much with their logos and attract too many people. I feel like they're trying to go back to their roots and figure out what works better, and it's starting to be the simplistic look. Well, as a 22-year-old, I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah, old man. (laughs) Um, But the cool thing for for people who don't know, um, the NFL last year – just came out with the rule that you can have more than one color helmet. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really curious to see. So the commanders came out with new uniforms last year. They got a separate alternate with a completely different color helmet. Um, these new teams are starting to do like the throwbacks with different color helmets, but all the these teams that are getting new, new uniforms. Yep. Oh yeah. The, these teams that are getting new uniforms are going to be able to make a full uniform, including the helmet, which has never been the case in the last, um, I don't, it's actually only been like 10 years. You would think it'd be longer, but I think the Falcons had that red helmet in like 08 or something like that, or uh-huh. 2010. So it hasn't been that long of a rule, but it was the dumbest rule. Glad that they got rid of it. Bring on the cool helmets. The, the college football has the coolest. Now. That too. College football has the coolest 
uniforms and they're always something different, different helmets, different everything. And the NFL is just like, hey, how about we wear the same Packers helmet since 1947? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Oregon is the one of the greatest examples of that. They change jerseys almost every game. Yeah, have they ever wore the same one twice? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Probably just for rival games. Yeah. So, back to Masters Week. I got a question for you, a little hypothetical, <laughs> to uh, make this fun for the whole audience. How far out do you think you have to start each hole to be in contention in this tournament? 100 yards? 5 yards? Uh, put me on the green and you got it. <laughs> Just put me you know what? Distance. You know what I was thinking? If it was like a thirty-foot putt, I think you would still be close to like contention. If those guys are getting threes and fours on a hole, that means you've got a three putt <laughs> on very tough greens. Yeah, luckily putting is arguably the best part of my golf game, so I think I could at least par. I don't think I can go under par, but at my best, I think I can get par if I'm competing with them. Yeah, I don't know. So my thing was that here was my stipulation. Um, the putting thing is funny, but for me, I think I could be in contention if I was allowed to drive the first shot and then get a sleb shot from a professional because it's the second shot that always kicks my ass. I'm pretty good with my driver. I'm pretty decent with my short game. But if I could have a professional sleb shot hit me to the green or near the green, I think I could put. I think I could keep up with the uh with the group i don't know if i could lead the whole thing or but Dude, I, I think i could stay in contention i bet the golfers would literally beat me if they were using the opposite hand they normally golf with and i'm like putting i think they would still beat me yeah i've seen i, I can't remember who it was i think it was jordan spieth i've seen him swing like lefty and he's like yeah just as good as i am lefty yeah and you are lefty which is crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> So a couple other notes I had before uh, we get to our little um, pick five uh, players to finish in the top ten. A um, couple more notes I had. Uh, oh, uh, let's see. Oh, so each year they do a traditional um, dinner on Tuesday nights. It's the Champions Dinner. And any, anyone who's ever won the Masters Championship gets, you know, that's who's allowed at the dinner. I, the yeah, Champions I saw the dinner. menu this year. The menu looked weird. So the winner of the previous year gets to choose the menu and it's always like an appetizer or two and then two entrees and then a dessert. So putting you on the spot, I know we've already kind of gone over this with the uh, uh, death row meal, but you were the master's champion last year. What's your dinner? Pick basically right. two appetizers, two, two appetizers, entrees and a dessert. Two entrees and a dessert. Uh, yep. Appetizer, on the spot. pretzel bites with cheese. Nice. Uh, appetizer, um bruschetta okay okay get some good variety going on uh love it on entree one uh blackened chicken uh mac and cheese um option number two good old ribeye ribeye steak with mashed mm. potatoes on the side and then for dessert round it off with the tiramisu or uh carrot cake okay all right, so my first analysis is I feel like you've had these meals rehearsed for this exact moment. I yes. feel like that all came way too natural for you. 
I think I've been in wedding planning <laughs> mode, dude. Oh, great I'm point. thinking about these. Great point. Yeah. Um, okay, that's awesome. Uh, I honestly just wrote down the question. I didn't even have answers, so I'm not even... I'm not even going to go for it. That was cool to put you on the spot like that. So, Yeah, and I thrived. um, That's all I'm going to say. You fucking killed it. (laughs) Fucking killed it, baby. All right. So for fun, (laughs) I came up with the idea that we would pick uh, (laughs) five players that we think would finish in the top ten of the Masters, and then we can track and see who did better when the tournament's over. Five players to finish in the top ten. Yes, and oh, okay. you I did, the whole top 10. did something wrong, didn't you? Yeah, I did the whole top ten. But that's right, I'll, pick, top 10. I'll pick the top five that I did in each. Or you could just say all ten, uh, no particular order, unless you had an order. I don't know. Uh, well, for one of them, I did. <laughs> one of them, one I of think, what? You got multiple lists? Yeah, I I did two <laughs> lists, and one of them I want... I want to go through the whole list before you say anything. <laughs> go through the whole list. I love it. You picked all live players, didn't you? No, I did uh, my top 10 finishing based off of name coolness. How cool their names are. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Okay, go for it. So at uh, number 10, I did Colin Morikawa. Okay. At number 9, I did Kurt Kitayama. Okay. <laughs> Number eight. I, I did can't wait Siemens for you to butcher Power. all these names. Okay. Uh, what is that? He hit two hole in ones today. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, dude, Andy's on my list. He's good. Uh, yeah. uh, Number seven, Harold Varner the third. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jordan athlete. The next one I did Jason Coke rack because yep. he does Coke on a rack, so like Coke on tits. I thought that was funny. Boo. Um, <laughs> this guy stinks. <laughs> the next one I did Bubba Watson because it reminded me of uh, Forrest Gump. Okay. Um, the next one I did Charles Schwartzel. Nice. I the love that one, you don't know anything about these people. <laughs> the next one was Sandy Lyle. Okay. And then Siwoo Kim. Mm-hmm. And then at number one was Hideki Matsuyama. Nice. So Hideki Matsuyama won the 2021 Masters. So he's been battling some injuries this year, but he might he might be uh, able to contend this year just because he's pretty familiar with the tournament and he's yeah. obviously done really well. Yeah, because of his name, you know. So you have him at number one and he's got a real chance. How about that? Dude, imagine my coolness name list is better than my real list. It probably is. So what is it your real list? Do you, got, do you have ten or five? I have all ten. Okay. Even though I specifically told you to just pick five. Yeah, I thought you said pick ten. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll do the top ten. That's okay. Okay, go ahead. So let's let's go from <laughs> just name five of them. Let's go with number five. My number five, I'm going with Max Homa. Okay, my fifth was uh, John Ram. John Rahm, okay. That's a really good wow. pick. Um, John Rahm, he's uh, out of Spain. He's... <laughs> He has struggled. Yeah, he struggled a couple, uh, you know, tournaments this year. But he, at the beginning of the season, was projected to win two majors and like six tournaments total. Like everyone just thought he was going to dominate. And then he had a couple bad rounds, or no, a couple, you know, off tournaments, and then one like really bad round at a tournament. 
and now everyone's just like kind of written him off. I think he could easily be in the conversation when it comes to Sunday. I think he honestly a great bet if you're in the betting game of golf is betting Rom to be ahead on the first round or the second round. I so think uh, he's going to come I'm, out hot. When I made this list, I put ten dollars on him to finish in the top ten. I love it. I think that's a great bet. Yeah, I think uh, so. My pick was Max Homa. I think he's been on fire this year. Um, this is his. This is his best position to um, kind of do well in this tournament. He's fixed his game that was kind of lacking, which was kind of his short chipping and, and pitching game. So watch out for Max Homa. Uh, my number four is Cam Smith. He's from the Live Tour, uh, but he f- was so dominant in the PGA Tour. He finished second in the uh, either the PGA Championship or the Players Championship. And then that same week declared for the live tour. So he came off like a hot streak and he's done really well since he's been in the live tour. I think he could easily be in the top five conversation when it's all said and done. I think he's the best live player in the tournament. Interesting. And you're number four. Uh, Jordan Spieth. Hell yeah. I think Jordan's always does well at Augusta. This kind of course has always been good to him other than the, the choke job he did in 2016, but that's a great pick. I think Kim Kardashian did a choke job at that time, too. 2015? I think she was a lot earlier than that, wouldn't you say? Uh, whenever she had that one with Ray J and Lamar, o- Lamar Odom. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, I think uh, Jordan hit like three or four balls in the water at the same hole. So um, him and Kim Kardashian really do have a lot in common. <laughs> 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 All right. Who's your number three? Uh, Scotty Scheffler. Nice. Okay. Yep. He's the world number one right now. He, mm-hmm. him, and Rory are both uh, the favor, uh, the favorites to win it this year. Um, playing the best golf of anyone. He's putting up Tiger Woods in his prime numbers. There would be no shock if he wins this whole thing. If anything, I think it's again. If you're in the betting world, Scotty Scheffler to finish top ten is the best bet you could make, or even top five. He's always going to be up there, barring any injury or anything crazy, catastrophic. He's just playing better than anyone else in the world right now. Uh, my number three is Tony Finau. Uh, he always plays Augusta he really well. Really? Is he, what, he your number two or one? He was my number seven. Oh, okay. Nice. So he always plays Augusta really well. Um, I'm a big fan of him after watching the Full Swing documentary. He's a big family guy. Uh He's been playing really well this year, hasn't gotten the big one, but he broke his streak of not being able to win a tournament last year by winning like two in a row. Um, Don't fact check me on that. I don't know if it's two in a row or there was two in a short period of time, but (laughs) back-to-back tournaments that I watched, so confidently unqualified uh, reporting to uh, the golf world. Um, But yeah, Tony Finau, my number three. I I wouldn't be shocked if he was uh, at the top of the list. Scotty Scheffler is minus 150 to make it in the top ten. See, there you go. That's like borderline. That's uh, I think that's exactly what my analysis was, was that unless anything crazy happens, Vegas is telling you that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, my next one was a LI, is a LIV golf player. Um, You're an Brooks asshole. Kepka. <laughs> Brooks Kepka. Brooks is my favorite player. Once he went to the live... Um, he kind of took a backseat to Max Homa for me, but I uh, still 
He just won in the live tournament this last weekend. So he's coming on um, on a hot hand. Uh, he's been battling injuries for the last couple of years. But prior to those injuries, he was the best golfer in the world. Like the most top ty- top five finishes in tournaments. Like just an unbelievable player. Kind of similar to how the success that Scotty Scheffler's having right now. Um, that was Brooks Kepka four or five years ago. So he claims that he's back healthier than ever. And I hope that's the case. I would love to see him in contention. I will be... Yeah, I I wanted him on my list. I just was going more what I thought rather than what I hoped. Betting with my brain, not my heart. I really like his name. Brooks Kipka. <laughs> and so my top five, just to finish my last two, my number two is John Rahm, who you already had, and my number one was Scotty Scheffler. So okay. I think you did a really good job. I'm proud Thank of you. you. My number one was Rory McElroy. Rory, stop. Please, you're joking. No, he was my Pronounce his one. name right. Rory McIlroy. Stop. How do you say it? How do you say his last name? McIlroy. Try again. <laughs> McIlroy. McIlroy. Oh, you McIlroy. This is a golf podcast. What is wrong with you? <laughs> McLemore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Rory, like I said, Rory is and Sheffield are the two favorites to win. So McIlroy? Oh, that's yeah. an I. I thought it was two L's. So I was like, dude, how can you have a last name in the first McKeeroy. five letters? Are... He's Spanish. <laughs> McKeeroy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that we can round our golf talk off. We've already gone way overboard. Sorry for the listeners that aren't on the golf <laughs> trends, but I am. Well, no, I'm so sure, let me just I'm sure go rapid golf fire. Listeners enjoyed uh, listening to your summary on each player in the national any kind of analysis just take what i'm saying and go bet on the guys you know so with that being said i have a couple names so i'm gonna just go rapid fire if you are in the betting game for golf listen to this this is the confidently unqualified um uh card okay my favorites scotty scheffler john rom tony finau go bet those guys to win it if you're feeling like it my hopefuls, the guys who I want to win, who I think can win, who can at least go in the top 10. I got Max Homa, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, and Keegan Bradley. I think Keegan Bradley's a really underrated player. Really good odds if you want to bet him to finish in the top 10. I think I, and then did my, I send to you uh, who I put or uh, my bet on who's going to be the winner? Uh, yes. Didn't you bet Scotty? No, Colin Morikawa. Oh, Morikawa. He's a good one too. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him. In my sleepers, I have Jason Day, Cameron Smith, who is from Liv, Joaquin uh, Neiman, who's from Liv. Phoenix? Uh, Joaquin Neiman, yeah. Okay, and then my <laughs> deep, deep sleeper, if you want to go put $2 on it, it'll win you like 300 bucks. Justin Rose. The guy is out of his prime. He's not, you know, been in contention in a while, but he always does good at the Masters. He's always said the one that he wants to win is the Masters. So if there was any time to bet him, it's every time around, every year around this time, around the Masters. So if you're looking for a deep sleeper, Justin Rose. Hell but yeah! Hey, you that said rounds Jason out my Day, golf talk. And Jason Day is was one of my top ten. If you let me do the whole list. Mm. Yeah, he's a good one. He was uh, really good in his prime in about 2015, 2016. Um, battled some injuries again, like a lot of these players, and he is been on fire this year so this is the best year for him to you know kind of regain that status 
Hell yeah. Glad I had a yeah, that, 10. That was talking golf. The last thing I had was menu prices being so cheap. Love that. Um, and Augusta <laughs> National um, for Masters Week is on my bucket list. Fuck yeah. Dude, we should go do it. That would be so much fun. That would be sick. And I it's in do Georgia. Yeah. Oh, it's Waste not in Maine? would be fun. Nope, contrary to what you would think, <laughs> asshole. Um, okay, well, do we want to talk about my cocktail hour? Yes, so we have cocktail hour with Cade, yep. Cade so, the Body. <laughs> Cade the Body. Um, every like four or five episodes or so, uh, I'm going to do a cocktail hour where I basically take a deep dive into the history of a cocktail. Um, okay. So if you want me, or if you want to hear me talk about a cocktail and go into the history of it, Add a um, tweet us at unqualified pod, comment on our socials, all that. Um, mm-hmm. But today's cocktail mm-hmm, hour, mm-hmm. the guest feature, can you guess what it is? Guess what am I guessing? Guest feature? What Moscow? Or damn it, well, I guess I just said it. Moscow Mule. <laughs> it's a Moscow Mule. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so basically, it. I'm going to start it off by saying the ingredients of the cocktail. Um, so a classic Moscow mule is vodka, ginger beer, and lime juice, mm-hmm. uh, classically served in a copper mug over ice. Um, the copper mug is to keep the drink colder for longer. If you didn't know, um, mm-hmm. that's, it was, uh, iconic to have the copper mug, the copper mug actually, when the Moscow mule was first like getting popular, the copper was rubbing off into the drink. So it was starting to give the drinks a copper taste because the acidity of the vodka was melting the copper into the drink. So mm. first, the first ever Moscow mules all had that copper taste in it until we um, companies started adding the uh, steel lining on the inside of the copper mugs because steel doesn't melt with the acidity of the vodka. I didn't know vodka was acidic. Yes, the vodka, ginger beer, and lime juice make a 6 on the pH scale, which is on the acidic side. Yeah, uh, so what's it out of, isn't, it, uh, out of an, isn't that out of 9? Um, no, it's 1 through 12, I believe. 12, eight, that's what it is. Okay. 8 is the um, base, like water is 8, and then um, things like bases go all the way up to 12, so like Dawn dish soap is 12. And then things mm-hmm. that are acidic, like hydrogen peroxide, are like <clears throat> one and two. Got it. Proceed. Um, the first Moscow Mule was believed to be made in Manhattan in 1941. Um, the first ever uh, Moscow Mule was featured in the Nevada Times. So it was featured in the Nevada newspaper before it was ever featured in anything on the East Coast. Even though it was invented in Manhattan, it was featured in West Coast um newspapers so it was actually more popular on the west coast even though it was invented in the east coast Hmm. Um, so my first question i don't mean i hope i'm not jumping the gun but i wonder why it gets its name moscow is that strictly just because it's vodka yes because of the vodka oh okay um so it started uh the first ever moscow meal was started by a bartender who was cleaning out the basement of his bar and he had Smirnoff, he had an abundance of Smirnoff vodka and Morgan's ginger beer. Uh, they decided to combine the two as a specialty drink, uh, like a drink of the week, to get rid of the extra inventory that they had. 
people loved it so much, but they all felt like it was missing something. So he added lemon at one point, he added orange at one point, and then he added lime at one point, and then the lime stuck. So uh, hmm. that's how we have the classic ginger beer, vodka, and lime mixture that we have now through a trial process and error. Um, the first ever news article about the Moscow Mule had an actor, a very famous actor at the time, I can't remember the name, um, featured in the Nevada Times, holding the drink, sipping on it, and said, uh, try the Moscow Mule at uh, bars. This is the ingredients. Interesting. And that's eventually what made the Moscow Mule popular is by that actor drinking it and people wanting to go try what the actor was drinking. Hell yeah. That's usually how the uh, sponsorships go. Yep. Wow. That was yeah, cocktail that was, hour. Clap it up. That was the first ever cocktail hour. <laughs> That'll be a recurring segment. Yeah, I'm going to bring fun. the next cocktail. Hell yeah. <laughs> With some fun facts. That's cool. Um... Interesting. So yeah, the Moscow Mule is obviously a, a big drink on this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it with, like I said, with maybe a, like a cranberry uh, vodka. That's my favorite. Uh, we just tried it with a lime vodka, which was kind of a nice little enhancement. Uh, would, wouldn't you say? Dude, the lime vodka is a game changer. But let me <laughs> tell you, I have a blood orange syrup. Dude, lime vodka, ginger beer, blood orange syrup. Oh, Change your life. Change your life. Change your Hell life. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. So we can uh, finish with uh, our your favorite segment, a segment yeah. that I love as well, uh, Fill My Cup. But before Hell we yeah. do, did you see Trump's weigh-in? Trump's weigh-in? Yeah, dude. He weighed in at 61270. Dude, that's a fucking tank. Holy shit. Before I make any judgment on that, though, I, I need to see a shuttle in his 40 time before I even put him on my uh, roster. Dude, he um, might go in the top draft 10 board. of the draft this year. Yeah. So that was my first bad joke. The other bad joke I wanted to make was it looks like he's finally <laughs> hit 270. <laughs> yeah, dude, I saw some pictures of him in court. He looks rough. 2020 rigged. All right, anyway, so yeah, we can get to fill my cup. Um, you said you loved your, your, uh, story you had. Yeah. Mine's pretty good. Okay. So I was really intrigued to hear yours. So I'll go first because mine is, um, I was sticking with the theme of golf. So okay. my fill my cup, um, again, we have kind of left this segment open-ended. It's not typically, it doesn't typically have to be a story. It can just be something that we're, we're filling someone's cup with. So mine was, um, I don't know about you, but in my free time, I don't really watch TV. I really like to watch um, YouTube. And what I've came across a lot of was these YouTube golfers. And I know that that's lame to the person who doesn't love golf. I love golf. I live golf. No pun intended. Yeah. So, no, shut up. So, these (laughs) YouTube golfers, I've noticed they're getting signed by these major golf brands. So, Bob Does Sports got signed by Callaway (laughs) <laughs> and these other guys called uh, on um, Good Good Golf got signed by TaylorMade. And they, I was like looking into it, like how are they getting fitted for all these clubs and just like getting sponsored by all these guys? And then I started to realize that they give more exposure to these brands than some of these like pro f- like players do that are being sponsored by them because they are constantly pushing out content. 
and they're constantly wearing their gear and more people are attracted to the YouTube quick instant gratification era that we live in where it's like, I'll just go watch these guys play golf for 30 minutes, you know, uh, three times a week. And I don't know. I just think that's really, it's a really cool new, um, wave and new generation of like, like these guys are on YouTube. Like, Hey, when you grow up, do you want to be in the PGA? Yeah. And then now it's like a, Hey, I'm just going to go make golf content. That means I don't have to be as good as these professional golfers, but I'll still be doing the same thing. I'll be golfing for a living. I'll be making money doing it. I'll be sponsored by the same people they are. I just thought it was a really cool new wave, uh, new wave of, um, I don't know. New, it's it's the future is what it feels yeah. like. I mean, so let me bring this up to you. Have you heard of SeatGeek? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. SeatGeek is huge. Uh, I follow a marketer no that ads. works for SeatGeek on uh, Twitter, and uh, his name is Ian Barwick. If you want to go follow him, I'm going to tag him in our post because we talk about him. Um, yeah, that's Ian, David Dobrik's guy. Yes, David Dobrik's guy, and he – has released analytics on his Twitter before letting people know and just being transparent. SeatGeek prefers to uh, market through YouTubers rather than through advertisements on TV, Facebook, Instagram, all that, because YouTubers get more CPMs, clicks per minute. It is just insane. And he releases statistics and SeatGeek, this huge company would rather find YouTubers that get 10,000 views per video than go and buy a Super Bowl ad that gets 120 million views because they get more reaction from that ad through that YouTuber because it's more personal. It's personal, that connection between the YouTuber and their subscriber is more personal than us watching a commercial on the Super Bowl. Um, they see that this YouTuber is uh, advertising for this company and they create that personal connection with the company because their favorite YouTuber is advertising that company. Yeah, it's the like I like I like I said and like you said, it's the new future. It's yeah. um it's no longer commercials, it's no like this is the new way to get your name out there as a brand, you know. Like you said, SeatGeek. Like I'll bet no offense, but I'll bet people over the age of forty have never even heard of SeatGeek. To whereas everybody under the age of 30 has because yeah. it's what draws the demographic. Everyone that's seen... It's a uh, pretty fascinating thing we should look into. Everyone that's watched YouTube has seen SeatGeek, Manscaped, and Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, let's cap off with your Fill My Cup. Yeah, my Fill My Cup uh, is actually about the NFL. Um, more specifically, it's about the Buffalo Bills and their new stadium. Have you heard about their new stadium they're building? Uh, yes. So they just got the permitting phase done with Erie County, which is uh, the county that the Bills are currently located in. They're moving a few miles up the road into a new stadium. Uh, the stadium is set to open in 2026. So that's basically the big headline is that they're through the permitting phase they have all of the budget lined up. They have all the accounting done. They have all the designs done. And now they're ready to break ground on construction. Um, uh -huh. So seeing this article made me do a deep dive into the Bills' new stadium. And what a shit show. I mean, 
you got things like SoFi. They're building SoFi Stadium, and it holds 110,000 people um, mm-hmm. at completely max capacity. The Bills Stadium is going to be 60,000 max capacity. Uh-huh. Which makes well, it the lowest seating uh, stadium in the NFL. No, that that can't be right. It is. I looked up the statistics today. Um, other than this new stadium, Ford Field is 61,000. Huh. So they're building um, at 60,000 seating capacity, open stadium with a canopy over all of the seats. Um, so it's going to be like when you're uh, relocating a team on Madden franchise, the canopy stadium. Uh <laughs> Um, the budget of the stadium is $1.4 billion, which would make it the 16th most expensive NFL stadium uh, between Levi's Stadium and Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Hmm. Uh, the okay, reason hang on. Doing, so, go ahead. Uh, the reason they're doing such a small capacity, the owners say they want to allow room for bigger seats. So the seats are going to be uh, bigger than every NFL stadium, and they're doing more luxury seating. And they're uh, adding more restaurants and bars. So they want to make it more of a futuristic stadium. They want to make it more fan-focused rather than game-focused. So they're lowering the seating capacity to allow room for everything else. Gotcha. So I, I, I thought I heard that the Bills were doing – they're not doing a completely new stadium, are they? I thought they were doing a revamp of the stadium they have currently. Uh, not from the article I saw. They're – rebuilding um the whole stadium so i saw that the titans were doing um just kind of a a revamp of their current stadium and then the bears were in rumors of doing the same so i I might be getting those mixed up um but i'm looking at these uh the of the 30 nfl stadiums 60 is not that crazy or what was it exactly 60 what it's 60 exact oh so obviously that is the lowest in the nfl but like SoFi stadiums, the Rams, the new, uh, the new Rams and Chargers, that's only 70,000. And that's yeah, in L.A. They hit 110,000 like during concerts and stuff, so I counted that. Uh, but yeah, for the NFL, they do. Uh, the highest is 70, I believe, at Arrowhead, 75. Yeah. No, the, the highest is uh, MetLife, which is the Giants and Jets. That holds 82,000, which oh, that okay. makes sense because it's New York. Yeah. 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 Um, it's actually crazy to see Lambeau is number two because that's like such an old stadium. Yeah, but that's where football they built it for the started. And it's yeah. crazy that Lambeau is uh, the Packers are owned by the city. That's one of the few places that aren't owned by a single person. One of the few teams not owned by a single person. It's owned. Yeah, by it's the, the only team. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably why Aaron Rodgers wants to get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the Jets, baby. That's right. So, uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's interesting um, that they're only doing sixty thousand. But I guess it's Buffalo. It's a little bit, you know, Eastern New York. It's a little bit smaller. Yeah, um, I'm I'm surprised they opted cool out of doing an indoor stadium. They're still doing an outdoor stadium. I'm shocked too. It's so dumb. You just signed Which, Josh Allen to a lifetime deal. Fucking put a dome over his head. He can throw it out the freaking stadium. <laughs> Well, that means they can't uh, host the Super Bowl because don't the Super Bowls have to be indoor stadiums now? No, but they have to be nice weather. And in February, Buffalo's not going to be... Not nice weather. 
yeah, you're not going to be playing football there. That would be kind of crazy, though, if they were just like, nope, fuck it, we're doing a Super Bowl here. <laughs> Super Bowl in Buffalo's new stadium in 2026, fucking six feet of snow <laughs> on the ground. All these teams are going to be throwing the AFC and NFC championship game. Like, I don't want to fucking play there anyway. Let's see you fucking do that, Joe Burrow, when you're 30 <laughs> years old in four years. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's kind of it for me. Um, we're going to do our mock draft. Uh, maybe we'll just do a top 10 or a top 20. Um, that'll be, I say we do that next Thursday. Mm, yes, and we got to let everyone know, be on the lookout for the uh, episode with Kayla. Uh, we are getting our food sensitivity tests uh, back this week. Uh, oh, this week to, we are? Okay. Yeah, I got the uh, email today that they've been received, and it'll be like another two or three days. Oh, okay. I, I, I got my dates wrong. Uh, mock draft will be probably be like two more weeks, but um, the yeah, anyway, everything else still stands. Hell yeah. All right, did you bring a random fact? Fact? Jeez. Yes. All right, go first. Uh, Barbie, as in Barbie doll, her full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts from Willows, Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So mine are, uh, some cats are actually allergic to humans. I fucking believe it. Really makes you think. Really makes you think. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Confidently Unqualified. Um, have a happy Easter and we'll catch you guys Monday. Yeah. Love you. Love you guys.